You are Locked On Angels, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, your 2018 Angel. Welcome to Locked On Angels. Keep it locked. Locked on. We're locked on, sir. Locked On Angels. What's up, everybody? How's it going? My name's Patrick Zajac, your host of Locked On Angels, minor league play-by-play broadcaster and first row rider of the emotional sports roller coaster that is Angels Baseball. Welcome into your daily Angels update here on Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, LockedOnSports.com, your team every single day, LockedOnAngels.com, where you can find the main show page. Man, apologies for the episode releasing a little later in the day than usual. We actually had the Octon Podcast Network had a new conference call to introduce a new COO of the entire group. So we were just kind of, you know, getting together to talk about the future of things and and everything that's going on. Exciting stuff coming your way, uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So I'm excited that we already have this this foundation of all of you tuning in on Locked On Angels, and I'm just excited to see every single day, week, month, year, where this thing can go, because it's been an exciting ride for just the, geez, what, four months that we've been at this now, pretty much since since, uh, the middle of March, so thankful for all of you guys, as I always say in in every single episode, grateful for the opportunity here, but what I want to get to, Friday, Freeway series over the weekend before we get to the all-star break. I want to talk a little bit about Albert Pujols um, and what he did last night, what he's doing this season, and pretty much encapsulating all that he's done in an Angels uniform. And then go into your mailbag questions for the Friday mailbag. Got a lot of questions to get to from a couple of new listeners as well. I was chatting with some of you guys uh, that just found the podcast yesterday. So always glad to pick up some new listeners along the way. Of course, spread the word, man. Locked on Angels, your home for Angels news every single day of the week. But first, let's start today's episode with Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols hits two home runs in the 11-2 win over the Seattle Mariners. Angels take the series, and now just a mere 10 games back of the wild card spot. I know uh, Lucas, I give him a little bit of, you know, I, I dubbed Lucas as the new, basically my antithesis, right? Where I tend to be more optimistic. He's more of a pessimistic kind of guy when it comes to the Angels. And I feel like the last week or so, it's kind of been a role reversal where I pronounced the season dead about a week and a half ago. And he, of course, then outlined uh, a a plan and push for the postseason. So you're at least getting still polar opposites from both of us, but not exactly how I thought it would. But, But in listening to Lucas's episode yesterday, I hope you guys got to see the fire and passion that he brings some times but back to Albert Pujols now he's hitting 251 on the season um 432 OPS which isn't phenomenal obviously I get that at the same time on pace for 28 home runs or 432 is a slugging percentage excuse me 432 OPS would be incredibly low uh currently on pace for 28 homers this year and the big news right last night that he ties Ken Griffey Jr. on the all-time home run list now yes Albert Pujols' worst season in a Cardinals uniform is still better than the best season that he's had in an Angel uniform. But when you look at where we're at, let's take a look at where we're at. We're in year seven of a 10-year deal with Albert Pujols. He's 38 years old. 
and he's hitting 251 on pace for 28 homers um, and right around 100 RBIs um, if he keeps up this current pace. I think he'll fall just short of his current projections. But nonetheless, what more can we expect from Albert Pujols as H3? I know we went in to spring training with a ton of expectations, right? Albert Pujols is noticeably thinner. He's finally had an offseason to work out, didn't need any sort of surgery. He struggled with the plantar fascia issue um, the last couple of seasons. And now we got the robust Pujols. And I don't know if everyone was expecting him to return the machine, Albert Pujols, but I've been very pleased with the production from Albert Pujols. Yes, uh, the numbers don't jump off the page at you. Certainly not Pujols-esque from his prime. We're never going to get that Albert Pujols again. It's too much to expect at age 38. But at the same time, a guy that comes up in clutch moments for the Angels more often than not, RBI situations, just has that it factor to him. Uh, the, the, form, the future Hall of Famer is still getting it done. And now ties Ken Griffey Jr. on the all-time home run list. I mean, that just deserves a tip of the cap to Pujols. And I just love getting to watch every single day that you go and watch this team play, regardless of their win-loss record. Of course, that's at the forefront of all of our minds. It's the most important thing, absolutely. But let us not also take for granted that you are watching greatness in more ways than just one every single night that this team takes the field. You not only have Albert Pujols, future first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, ascending Further and further on some major milestones. We got hit number 3,000 earlier. Now 630 home runs. You get Mike Trout every single day, who's arguably already on pace to be the greatest baseball player of all time. Then you have Shohei Otani and all the wonderment that's going around him. And now he's relegated just um, to just hitting duties while he's recovering from his UCL troubles. Uh, go figure with this Angels rotation. But nonetheless, this is still a very intriguing and historical Angels team. And specifically back to Albert Pujols, you know, currently on that pace of 28 home runs, right? He's got 16 so far. 28 home runs, that puts him at 642 at the end of the season. He's under contract through 2021. If he stays healthy, there's a chance that he gets that 700 home run figure and pass Alex Rodriguez, who's at 696. He's already now... Um, at sixth place all time, 30 behind number five on the list, which is Willie Mays at 660. He's not going to get there this season, but next season, certainly going to be well within reach, especially if he gets 12 more dingers this season. And then Albert Pujols, another 36 ahead of that at 696. So very feasible with three and a half seasons left of Albert Pujols. I don't know what he's going to look like by the time the age 40 and 41 seasons hit, but we could be looking at some major milestones that I don't know that we'll ever get. Uh, from an angel, ever. I mean, Mike Trout, not exactly a bona fide home runner. He's already putting up phenomenal numbers, and best believe he's going to hit, be hitting those major milestones um, as his career continues. But let us appreciate what Albers Pujols is doing, not only over the course of his career, but this season as well, in his age 38 season, and not becoming just a complete albatross in this lineup. Is he probably hitting a little higher up in the lineup than he should? Yeah, no doubt. But is he still a very uh, productive, everyday major leaguer, not only in terms of on-field production, but everything that he brings to the clubhouse off the field and the mentorships that he's given for Mike Trout and pretty much the rest of this Angels roster and how to be a big leaguer every single day. Absolutely, you can't even quantify that. So I, for one, am incredibly happy to have Albert Pujols on this team. Ignore 
the the contract. Obviously, he's never going to live up to the to the salary that he makes right now with his on field production. But let's just appreciate. And I think we all of us Halo fans did last night by tying Ken Griffey Jr. What Albert Pujols is doing at this stage of his career and some of the major milestones that are still within his reach, even as his historical end of career continues. You guys want to sponsor the show? Know someone that does? Hit me up, LockedOnAngels at gmail.com. Looking for you, Orange County folks, um, to partner with and bring to a very tuned-in audience each and every single day. Like I say, your team every single day. Coming up next, your questions in the Friday mailbag. All right, Friday mailbag time. As I always say, I th- this is always my favorite episode to look forward to every single week. You guys are always fantastic as far as uh, getting some feedback in, getting questions in that I can provide on the show. So let's get right down to it. Uh, I mentioned some of our newer listeners that tuned in, found the podcast, and reached out uh, yesterday on Twitter. One of them came from at HaloAK5. He asks us, what are some free agent starting pitchers that the Angels might it might inquire about or go after this upcoming offseason. I know Halo fans, we're already looking towards the offseason. But, okay, we're going to assume for this purpose, right, that Garrett Richards is done zone. And we're still, and, and probably done as a Halo because he was going to be a free agent this offseason. He's going to sit out the entire 2019 season. So uh, who knows what happens with Garrett Richards. We hope nothing but the best for him is in his recovery from uh, upcoming Tommy John surgery. So if you look at the halo rotation moving forward, right? Going to be some combination of Shohei Otani, provided that he's healthy to pitch next season, Tyler Skaggs, Andrew Heaney, Jaime Berea, uh, and Nick Tropiano still in the mix. Griffin Canning could make his way up there as well as Jose Suarez. And I want to preview before I answer this question too, that on Monday to start the week, all-star break as well, I plan on doing a little bit of a sellers episode outlining a plan for the angels not only at the trade deadline, but this off for the rest of this season to plan for 2019. What I would do if I were Billy Epler for the the pretty much the next five or six months to get ready for 2019, including the rest of this season to figure out exactly where you stand with your 40-man roster heading into the offseason. So that's coming up for you on Monday. But So I'm going to break down more of what I think the Angels should, should do with the rotation and potential starting pitchers. But three guys that jump out at me when I'm looking at the free agent list of starting pitchers. Number one, um, a couple of guys, plenty of guys with options that can opt out. Clayton Kershaw, one of them. He's got two years and $65 million remaining on his years. He can opt out of that after this season. Uh, I don't know if that happens. That's quite a lot of money, but I know that if he wants to, he's going to be 31, so I know he's going to want to secure uh, one last long-term deal rather than become a free agent at age 33. So it's entirely possible. I don't see the Angels making a move for it. That would be monumental. Um, another guy that couple that have opt-out options David Price Chris Sale as well with the club option I don't see those guys leaving three names that jump out at me Patrick Corbin the biggest one former Angels draft pick we were enamored with him once he's going to be 29 going to command a hefty contract I think Patrick Corbin is definitely on my radar uh, to get back in a halo, in the Halo organization. I, I think the Angels rue the day that they traded him to Arizona. That was a Jerry DePoto move, and I think we're all regretting that decision with the way Patrick Corbin has pitched this season. Another name that jumps out at me, that is Drew Pomerantz, uh, former bo- or of the Boston Red Sox, put together some solid last couple of seasons, just 30 years of age, worth inquiring about. And Tyson Ross, 32 years of age, 
from the San Diego Padres. Constant trade chatter surrounding Ross. Not going to be a front-of-the-line starter, but a solid three or four option in my opinion, whereas uh, Corbin, I think, has that two or three type potential. I don't think you'd want him as the ace of your staff, but to complement Otani, Skaggs, and Heaney, Corbin, add him into the mix, and that creates quite a formidable foursome of starting pitchers there with a battle for that number five spot. You want more depth, and more importantly, you want guys that have proven to stay healthy, and I think Tyson Ross and Patrick Corbin fit the bill there. Patrick Corbin, especially last year throwing 180 innings, has been healthy this season to get things done for the Arizona Diamondbacks and has been healthy for the most part his entire career. So uh, with only a couple, I think it was a couple years ago that um, he only made I think about 15 or 16 starts. In any case, those are the three names jumping out at me. I want to get more in-depth into that and the Angels' entire plan with this roster moving forward. I want to save some things for the Monday episode, a little bit of of a tease for you guys. Um, Let's continue on down the line. At Halos and Clips, which Angels player gets the best return in a trade? He'd like to specify out of Blake Parker, Martin Maldonado, and Ian Kinsler. Seems like the only three that the Angels can move. And I agree with you. Those are the guys that really have expiring deals because as you go on down the line, right, Justin Upton not going anywhere, Mike Trout not going anywhere, Cole Calhoun still signed for a bit. I could see the Angels trying to move him, but I think they value him quite a bit moving forward and that he can bounce back next season and sort of bridge the gap to guys like Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele up-and-coming, fast-rising prospects in the Angels system. Joe Adele, specifically, looks on the fast track to move quickly through the Angels organization, giving his talent. Still very young, though. Remember, he was drafted out of high school last year. Uh, Then Zach Cozart hurt, can't move him. Andrelton Simmons, locked up long-term, not getting rid of of Simba. Ian Kinsler there. Luis Valbuena is another name that I would go in there. And again, all three of these guys, or all four of these guys that I just mentioned, Parker, Maldonado, Kinsler, and Valbuena are the guys that I'm looking to move to make room for some guys uh, at the AAA level to move through, and I want to get more into that Monday. As far as the biggest return, you got to go with the reliever. It's got to be Blake Parker, even though he's had an up-and-down season. Contenders are always looking for more bullpen help. There's a ton of arms out there. I think if the Angels move quickly on a guy like Blake Parker, um, that they can get quite a, a decent return in terms of prospect value there. Um, and the rest of the guys, Ian Kinsler especially, I think you're just looking to dump him to make more playing time available for guys like David Fletcher or Taylor Ward, who's stuck at that AAA level. And again, I'll outline more of that in Monday's episode. Ton of teasers uh, to get you guys through the weekend and get you looking forward to Monday's episode. Uh, at Trey Bergs, could we see Upton move down and pull? move down and Pujols move to the cleanup spot again he also mentioned let's keep winning series and see where we're at in August by the non-waiver deadline like last year that's a long time to wait before making any moves uh there Edward but nonetheless could we see Upton move down and Pujols moved in the number four spot again I don't think so I think opposing pitchers are still more afraid of Justin Upton than they are of Albert Pujols at this point simply because even though Justin Upton starting to taper off a bit uh still putting up Uh, better numbers I think he's the better power threat and let's remember what has been what has characterized Justin Upton's career is that he's been so hot and cold month to month I think the big month for Justin Upton is coming hopefully soon hopefully right after the all-star break so we can see if this team holding out hope that they can still make a run what what did I say going in to September get me within five games of the wild card spot right now the Halos 10 games back I think if you can get to that seven or eight range by the end of the month that keeps you alive at the very least and we'll see if the angels are six seven 
six or seven games out by the trade deadline, what type of moves Billy Epler makes. I think right now he's sort of in, still in that middle period and still waiting to figure things out over the next two weeks. The Right after the All-Star break and still this weekend series against the Dodgers is still big in the evaluation process for Billy Epler and the rest of this front office. More of your questions coming up after these messages. All right, couple more questions to get to before we close out the show here. Uh, at Blakers M. Vic, Blake asks us, do you think Sosha will ever start letting Fletcher play every day over Valbuena slash Kinsler? He has been on a terror lately. While those two continue to struggle in comparison, seems like the perfect time to start looking at the future. And quite frankly, I think those are the guys that Billy Epler is looking at to move, not necessarily um, for big pieces, but if the Angels aren't contending, why not play David Fletcher? Why not call up Taylor Ward and see what you have uh, in the last two, two and a half months of the season to get you ready for next offseason, see what holes you need to fill and whether they can be filled within the organization after you get a look at them at the big league level and then ramp up, get ready for 2019 and start all over again. Do I think Socia starts letting Fletcher play every day? Yeah, he keeps producing. He's going to be in the lineup more often, especially as Valbuena and Kinsler continue to struggle. I know it's tough right now because it's it's hard to bench major league veterans like that that have a proven track record, more so Kinsler than it is Valbuena. But I think the more Fletcher produces, he hit the first home run of his career uh, in yesterday's ball game. And I think everyone seems to be energized by his call-up, not only in the clubhouse, but the Angels fan base as well. As, as Fletcher continues to produce, he'll be in the lineup more and more often, especially I think right now uh, against left-handers specifically, he looks like the best bet in the leadoff spot for Mike Sosha's lineup. Uh, at DRoth406, David asks us, uh, Andrew Heaney fantasy value rest of season for research. Uh, David, good friend of mine, um, and he's constantly brought up Andrew Heaney to me recently. And I think what you can expect from Andrew Heaney uh, is basically two or three starts, quality starts, where he looks like a potential ace and then one dud. If we look back at his game log, last two starts against the Dodgers and the Mariners, Seven innings, giving up two and three runs in each of those starts with 10 strikeouts apiece. Solid starts from a number two or three man in the rotation. Sometimes even ace-like at times he's looked like. But then you look back against the Boston Red Sox, gave up six earned runs, three homers at Fenway Park with three walks as well um, in just three and a third innings. And then you follow that back up, his previous two starts before that. One earned run given up in seven innings against the Blue Jays and just three earned runs given up in eight innings pitch with eight strikeouts. And then the dud start before those two, five earned runs given up in just three innings before that, the nine shut the nine innings complete game shutout against the Kansas City Royals. So you're going to get two or three starts that are fantastic in a row. And, and quality level for fantasy purposes. And then you'll just get that dud where he can't locate, specifically with Andrew Heaney, gets a lot of fly ball outs, not the ground ball pitcher. The bottom of the strike zone is important for him, especially um, with that sort of curveball slurve type pitch that he has. But the upper part of the strike zone is important for him to change the eye level of pitchers or of hitters, and to get it just above the barrel of the bat, get it chest or shoulder height so it looks enticing for hitters, but they get just underneath it rather than leaving it belt high and having the ball leave the yard. So it's all Andrew Heaney's still figuring that out. You'll get a couple of great starts in a row. You'll get a dud here and there, and that's just still Andrew Heaney 
figuring out exactly how to attack hitters, especially when he doesn't have that fastball location and turning around and figuring out how to best attack hitters. But that seems to be who Andrew Heaney is this season. Still well worth holding on to. Is this season 3.84 ERA, 96 innings pitch with 96 strikeouts? Uh, yeah, Andrew Heaney is still producing, I think, better than I expected this season. And lastly, at top Jibron, Jibron, uh, is it acceptable for a married man, father of three, to cry because of this season asking for a friend? And what I have to say about that? No, man, it's not okay to cry. Uh, this isn't like I, I know we're all disappointed by the season, but it's not like we're enduring a heartbreaking playoff loss to end the season. What was a promising campaign right now? I think we're all still hopeful for this season, but also not getting too frustrated um, with where things are. Uh, at least I feel like that's where I'm at now. It's at the point where expectations aren't what they were in spring training. The expectation is the halo season is done. Anything you can get to get back into the playoff race is gravy. I have the eye towards 2019 and seeing how the young guys do, like David Fletcher at the AAA level, like Taylor Ward if he gets the call up, like Matt Tace if he gets the call up, and we get to see what those guys can do because I want to see how this team shapes up for 2019 and how they finish 2018 moving towards that year. And if they can still contend for a playoff spot with the roster that they have constructed right now, which I think they're more than capable of doing, finding that two- to three-week hot streak – it can absolutely happen, but don't cry about it, man. It's still just, if there's no crying in baseball, right? There is no crying in baseball, and there's still plenty of intrigue, as I outlined at the beginning of the show, and now in closing with this Angels roster and this team moving forward. Still exciting ball games to be played, including this weekend. You got the freeway series against the Dodgers. Cannot wait to see how the team does when these two teams meet together. It was an exciting series uh, at the Big A when they played. We'll see how they do at Chavez Ravine at Dodger Stadium through the weekend. Have a great weekend. Speaking of which, guys, I'm Patrick Zajac, as always. You can find me on Twitter at OtherPatZajac. Most importantly, follow the show at LockedOnAngels, LockedOnAngels.com, the show page where you can find every single episode. And as I mentioned, keep teasing. Monday's episode, we go into seller's mode. How I, if I were Billy Epler, uh, would construct the Angels roster, what moves I would make moving forward, and guys I want to see up at the big league level called up from Salt Lake to see what they got. Subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Now I got to get out of here. Take it easy, guys. Have a great weekend.